Amen. Thank you all. So today is the last of our journey through the, the heavenly heroes of, uh, um, of the scriptures. Uh, the, those are God's heroes. And it's interesting, this season now, of, you know, the movie season over this um, fall and summer and, um, uh, um, are uh, all about superheroes. You know, Justice League and Thor and Wonder Woman um, but those are, we're not talking about superheroes here. We're talking about heavenly heroes, those that God calls heroes. And one of the places you can see a whole list even beyond what we've looked at is in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 11. Um, and uh, it goes through a whole hall of faith there of uh, folks who um, respond to God in faith and are considered heavenly heroes. And today we're going to look um, particularly at Gideon. And and he's one, as we look at the story, one who maybe seems the least heroic of them all. Yet, he's listed um, with the other greats that we've looked at, you know, David, Moses, and Abraham. And what we'll see today is maybe why that's the case. In a sense, sort of distilling what is the essence of one of God's heavenly heroes. And what we see today as we look at that Gideon is that first he is he, he's chosen by God. He he is in the midst of his weakness and frailty, faithful to God, and maybe even most importantly, it's through him we see God's faithfulness shining through. That Gideon becomes one that demonstrates and shows how the hero of all heroes is God himself. So our passage today, we'll we'll look at Gideon and see just how ultimately God is the hero. It's in Judges chapter 6 and some parts of chapter 7. It's on 194 in your pew Bible. You can turn there or you can follow along on the screen. Let's, uh, Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you again for your written word that, that speaks to us of your truth, that, that connects um, those that have gone before us with you, that connects them with us, that we can relate to. So in the, the power of your spirit who lives in us, that demonstrate to us, show us, point out to us, give us your word for us individually and for us as a church, um, how Gideon relates to us um, today. So we, indeed, as we were just singing, we surrender to hear from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so the the scene here is uh, um, that uh, Israel, uh, it's in the season of the judges, and they're the Midianites, or the people that live um, uh, like north of Israel, and they come in every uh, year or so and just come in and pillage the place. They come and and take their stuff, they take their food, and they head back into into Midian. Um, And so the the Midianites are really destroying Israel. Israel, and they've been doing this now for a number of years, and uh, and it's because um, uh, Israel is living in idolatry. So it's one of those th- times where God, um, th- this happens so that God will awaken Israel to their sin and turn to Him and follow Him and be their, their uh, His His faithful people. 
So that's where we'll pick up um, in Judges chapter 6, starting with verse 11. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hands of Midian. When the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. He responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord said to him, But I will be with you. And you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor with you, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour, the meat he put in a basket, and the broth he put in a pot, and brought them to him under the oak and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes, and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that it was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Help me, Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it still stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abizarites. That night, the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull, the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the sacred pole that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here in proper order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the sacred pole that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had told him, but because he was too afraid of his family and the townspeople to do it by day, he did it by night. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Right, so let's just walk through this interaction here with, with Gideon um, and with, with God. So we're, we're in the scene with Midianites coming in, taking over Israel, and then God, the, the angel of the Lord, appears before Gideon to say, You are a mighty warrior. One of the, the, the first things for one who is a, a, a heavenly hero is that they are chosen by God. You are a mighty warrior. And then later on in verse 14, he says, In, in this might of yours, and um, uh, go in this might of yours, deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. So, so Gideon has been commissioned. He has been ordained, installed, commissioned, and now he is the one who's going to d- deliver Israel from the Midianites, lead this journey of deliverance. Do you realize, for those of us in this room who are followers of Jesus, that we also have been chosen? We have been commissioned. God has chosen us. He has awoken our, our soul to, so that we will see Him more clearly. He has taken our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. He has chosen us. And He has chosen us not just for forgiveness, but for a life with Him forever. That that same choice of Gideon, he has chosen each one of us. He has commissioned us, each one, gifted us, anointed us. He is in us, with us, and for us. He is taking us and leading us in the particular ways that he's gifted us and called us. No different than Gideon. We are chosen by God. So therefore, we've got the first qualification. We are qualified to be heavenly heroes, just like Gideon. Now maybe, um, as you you see Gideon, you wonder what you are chosen for. Well, the Scriptures are clear. You're chosen to be an ambassador. You're you're chosen. We're chosen now to be a holy priesthood. We're, we're, We're chosen to be witnesses of what God has done for us. We, we, are, we are called to be uh, sharers of the good news wherever we go. To be, as a Christian, a little Christ, anointed and gifted and fruitful. Those are all the, the different promises that we are chosen for as those that are in Christ Jesus. And, and it's not just who you're going to become someday. It's who we are. Because we are in Christ. It's not something we attain, that we, we achieve. It is who we are in Christ Jesus. Just like Gideon didn't attain anything, he was chosen and put in that place. So too are each one of us. Now, so that's the first qualification. So now maybe you're wondering, hmm, how can I disqualify myself in some other way? <laughs> that I, I, I don't need to be a hero. I can just be pedestrian. All right, well, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing about Gideon. Let's see if we... Gideon is fully human. He's trying to deflect and negotiate himself out of this arrangement the whole way through. Right? Well, first, what we see, he's like, well, wait a minute. You're, why? You're God, you're calling me, but what kind of God are you? Because you, we say you pulled me out of Egypt, but now you just let us go to the Midianites. So the, the Gideon has not much spiritual insight. 
So if you're there saying, you know, I'm not a hero. I don't have much spiritual insight. You qualify. Once again, we qualify. Because Gideon's totally clueless of why Israel is in the midst of this season with Midian. He's totally clueless to their spiritual brokenness. And then, uh, verse 15. How can I do this? So maybe you don't go to questioning God. You go to questioning yourself. Uh, again, man, you're right in line with Gideon. He's like, I am the, in the weakest clan and the weakest member. How in the world can I do this? All right, God, then verse 17 and 18, and Gideon does this a number of times. Right, you've got to show me a sign. You know, you've got to show me a sign, um, uh, God, that, this is, that it really is you who are speaking to me. So I want you to stay. I'm going to make a present for you. I'm going to bring it out. And the sign will be that you stay here and wait for the present. So you've got to love Gideon here because now he goes into major procrastination mode. I mean, he's throwing out every delay tactic he can. Because you know, he, he doesn't just go get a little present you know, that's underneath his bed and bring it to him. He says, you know, we're going to have a meal. So he's got to go catch the kid, by the way, is like a goat. He's got to go catch the goat. Then he's got to dress the goat. Then he's got to start the fire. I mean, preparing this meal, you thought Thanksgiving took a long time. You didn't have to catch a turkey. You know? And he had to go do all, all of this is for delay. All of this is just putting up every roadblock he can, thinking, you know, if I take long enough, this angel of the Lord will grow weary and he'll leave and the sign will be gone and I will be relieved from this calling, this choosing Really, I mean, this is the ultimate question for those that are followers of Jesus. You know, the ultimate question here is, God, are you going to do what you say you're going to do? That, that's, that is our journey that is this journey of living by faith and not by sight. Our journey of living according to the way of Jesus and not the way of the world or not the way of our own making. I mean, that's, God, are you going to do what you say you're going to do? At the core, our journey and our support, our encouragement of one another is simply to say and to help, in, help one another to, to live believing that indeed God is good and God is able. It's really that simple. Not easy, but that simple. That's where Gideon is. And he goes, kills the goat, prepares the fire, makes the meal, and he brings it out there. And I wonder, we're not told, how do you, just the, the depth of his disappointment when he sees the angel of the Lord who's still there. But we are told that in the midst of that, as he prepares the stuff, he puts it on a rock, and the angel of the Lord then um, uh, consumes it in one fire blast, and then he's gone in that moment. And at that point, Gideon knows that God is faithful, that God is good, and he's got no more escape hatches. <laughs> There's just nowhere else to go but to follow, and that's when he is terrified. That's when he calls out to God. I've been in the presence of God. Oh, woe is me. Help me, Lord God, verse 22. For I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord says to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. 
in that moment. You know, you're not going to die yet. The day's going to come where Gideon's going to die. But in these assignments, he's going to live through that. This is that, that season in Gideon when he realizes all that's going on. He perceives the angel of the Lord and he cries out, help me. That's, that's what we sometimes call, you know, like buyer's remorse. You know, it's, it's, if you've ever been in a situation where you've, you've bought a, a house or a car and you sign on the, the line and then you look back and you say, what did I just agree with? i got to pay how much every month for 30 years? Wow, why, what happened? Or, or maybe you experience this maybe right before or right after you get married. You know, and it's that, that second or third day, right? And then and you're like, wait a minute. You know, um, this is what my wife says. It's like, he's not going home anymore, is he? Now, what exactly did I sign up for here? And the, the fear and the reality of that then, then hits. You know, you, you've been in those where you've taken that step and you've been caught up in some kind of stupor and then all of a sudden you see clearly what you just signed up for. Maybe for others, it, it's, it's when. And, and this is what um, uh, can happen when you're released from prison. You know, you're, you're familiar with life behind bars. But then, you've got to live now into the reality of the day. Or maybe it's the first day of school. Or maybe it's the day after the last day of school. And it's time now to, to, to step into a new place, a place where God has called you, a place that's unfamiliar, a place that can be scary, and you get in the midst of it and you cry out. The best thing you can cry out, help! And you hear God say to you the same thing He said to Gideon. Be at peace. Don't fear. You're not going to die. The good news, because we're qualified and called to be heroes, it's all we've been qualified and called by Jesus. And if, if we're in Him now, then we're, we're gifted to be fruitful in the ways that He's called us to be fruitful, to be heroes in the ways He's called us to be a hero. And we shall never die, even if we do, because we are in Jesus. And life is ours eternal with Him. That even death cannot thwart. God is fully faithful to Gideon. God is fully faithful to those that he's called to be his heavenly heroes today. Then um, we're, we're told that Gideon then trusts God and uh, he builds an altar to God. In that, in that moment, when he hears um, God say, I am with you, be at peace, do not fear, he then builds an altar, he, he worships God, he falls down and prays to him, and he remains faithful even in the midst of his fear. Yeah, and so then God gives him his assignment. All right, now I want you to do, I want you to go 
in the town square, there's a, a tower to the God of Baal. I want you to tear that down, sacrifice, and then I want you to build a new one. Build it in the right order uh, that's, that's to, to God, to Yahweh, and I want you to cause a sacrifice to come on that place. So Gideon, you know, now that he's had this powerful experience, you know, he's been cured, right, of all of his fear. So he goes out in the middle of the day, leading them forward, you know, uh, like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, right? No, that's not what Gideon does. He says, okay, there's just no way for me to get around this. I've got to do it because I've tried everything I can, so I'm going to do it, and I'm, I'm believing you, God, so I'm going to go out at 3 a.m. That strategic time when everybody else will be asleep and nobody will know, you know what happened, even after all that he's done. So if you're there saying, you know, no, I am not. I am fully convinced I am not because life is filled with fear and anxiety and all the rest. Look, Gideon is a great example for us all. That even in our fear, even in our anxiety, even in the certainty that we have been disqualified, that all that we have done has now separated us from the love of God and the call of God, that we don't have anything to give. Even our fear does not thwart the call of God and the power of God. Even Gideon, still characterized by fear in the fullness of his humanity, he's still faithful to God. And God powerfully works through him. Wherever you might be, wherever that place is, that God's calling you and leading you, don't sabotage yourself. Uh, don't, don't be like the Israelites when they were freed from Egypt and then led into a new place who said, you know, I think I'll just go back to Egypt. You know what? What maybe there's a transition in your life, particularly, or there's some particular call that God has on you that He's called you and gifted you for, leading you in that way, in the midst of your fear. That's okay, but keep walking with Him. Don't, don't go back to what's comfortable when He's calling us and leading us into our fears, because He is good. And he is able. And he is faithful. Now, um, the, the end of chapter uh, 6 there, you see the, the people, um, they respond but, uh, to, to Gideon. They try to take him down, but Gideon protects him. And, and then um, uh, Gideon's given his next assignment in um, verses 34 through 40, um, where now he's going to go take out the Midian um, army. He's going to lead the charge to the Midian army. And even then, you know, Gideon asked for a sign again. And this is a, a story that some of you may be familiar with. Uh, it's a story where Gideon um, and the fleece, where God... And you can read this if you have opportunity this week. You can read 6 through 8 and read the, the whole of, of Gideon's story. But he asked for a sign again. Yeah, so it's not like... Uh, this is, uh, even more good news. It's not like Gideon said, well, I don't need a sign now. I mean, he still needs a sign. He's still weak and, and, and feeble. Um, and, but then uh, the beginning of chapter 7 we get to see why God chooses people like us and leads us to be His heavenly heroes. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. 
Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the troops that were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The troops with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Israel would only take the credit away from me, saying, My own hand has delivered me. Now therefore proclaim this in the hearing of the troops. Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home. Then Gideon sifted them out. 22,000 returned and 10,000 remained. So he started with 32,000. And now after this first sifting, there's 10,000. Okay, that's significant reduction. All right, let's go. Then the Lord said to Gideon, The troops are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them out for you there. When I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go with you. And when I say, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the troops down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, All those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps, you shall put to one side. All those who kneel down to drink, putting their hands to their mouths, you shall put to the other side. The number of those that lapped was three hundred. But all the rest of the troops knelt down to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred that lapped, I will deliver you and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go to their homes. So he took the jars of the troops from their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel back to their own tents, but retained the three hundred. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So he's gone now from 32,000 to 300. And he's clear this is why. This is done. Call people like Gideon to be my heavenly heroes and don't give them the, the things of this world. Call the foolish of the world. and Call the weak of the world in order that God's wisdom and God's strength is what is proclaimed. Now, you do have to wonder. I had a couple of people after first service say, yeah, but you know, those 300, they're heroes too. Because they've got to be wondering, what kind of military strategy is this? <laughs> you know, can, I go, can I change how I just drank my water? <laughs> you know, they had no clue. So they've got to be wondering what's going on. But the point of God's interaction with Gideon for us is so that we know God's calling upon His people, God's empowering of His people, anointing of His people, gifting and strengthening them is so that God's name will be praised. And it will be clear. It will be obvious that it only happened because of God's work in our midst. As we live in in our age today, In our age, characterized by fear and worry, it's only by the power of His Spirit within us that the character of Jesus shows forth. Because fear and worry causes us naturally to circle the wagons, to close the doors, to protect our lives. But it's the Spirit of Jesus that causes us to open the doors, to walk into the world, and to be one who's pursuing a life of generosity and love and mercy. 
In this, this, this age, God has called each one of us to be heavenly heroes, to live according to the way of Jesus. How we, we may not make headlines or be the lead story like Gideon, at least not on this earth, but simply following Jesus as a witness to him living into the ways that we have been called, that we have been placed, that that Jesus has given to us as people of grace and mercy. We'll make the headlines in heaven every day. As we look at the heroes of God, the heavenly heroes, what we see over and over again is that God chooses people that are broken, fearful, doubting, and patiently provides, patiently calls so that we might demonstrate that God is the hero. Amen.